This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Ariana Cordova. And I'm Emilio Boale. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. This evening, we are so excited to bring you an interview with the founder and owner of Momentum Santa Fe, Audrey Hedetta. She shares about her 30-year career in state government that started through a high school work-study program and shares about the Better Together initiative on vaccine equity in New Mexico. We'd like to take this moment to let our listeners know that Generation Justice has an agreement with the New Mexico Department of Health to provide vaccine equity services through the Better Together initiative. The Better Together program is an initiative of New Mexico Department of Health managed by Momentum Santa Fe. Here is Generation Justice Director Roberta Rael speaking with Audrey Herrera. Good evening, everyone. This is Roberta Rael, and I am so delighted this evening to be able to be speaking with Audrey Herrera Castillo. Audrey Herrera Castillo is the founder and owner of Momentum Santa Fe. She is a native New Mexican, born and raised in Santa Fe. As a teen parent, she graduated from Santa Fe High School and began a 30-year career in state government. She started in a high school work-study program, and she worked her way all the way to the top of state government, retiring in 2018 as the Deputy Secretary of the New Mexico Tourism Department. That same year, she founded Momentum Santa Fe. She is a certified transformational coach and is a successful contractor in the fields of professional development, marketing, and community outreach. She has three grown sons, Edward, Jacob, and Ben. And over the past 16 years, she and her husband, Miguel, have raised seven children into adulthood. Audrey has traveled globally and is now taking her seven-year-old granddaughter, Layla, to learn about the world. Her goal is to be a person who inspires others in a spontaneous moment that resonates with them for years. And now, after all of this life experience, she also is managing the Better Together program, an initiative of the New Mexico Department of Health that focuses on vaccine equity. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well today. I want to welcome you, Audrey, to Generation Justice. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you for such warm welcome. And thank you for inviting me to have this conversation with you. I feel honored. Thank you. Um, I'm excited as well, Audrey. I would love for you to just tell us more about yourself. You know, when I start talking about my heritage and my upbringing, I have to focus on the fact that my family has been in New Mexico for about 14 generations. Um, we come from a strong line of resilient people who have really made a difference over the years. And I feel really privileged to have known both of my grandmothers. And as I look back on my life that I've lived over 50 years so far, I often feel the strength of my grandmothers when I'm in adverse times and even when I'm in joyous times, recognizing that I have had the opportunities that I've been given because of their sacrifice for so many years. And I just feel very fortunate and very blessed to, um, to be here in Santa Fe in New Mexico and, um, you know, just to be living at this point in time. 
my dad was the youngest child of 14 children in Nambe. Uh, his dad, my grandfather, owned a store and an apple orchard and was an entrepreneur. My mom was born in San Jose, up by Raton. Her father was a miner in the mines there, so she was born at the miners' hospital, but then moved to Santa Fe. And because of a blind date, my parents met, and for many years, she thought his name was Mike, and it was actually Frank. <laughs> um, but that really was the beginning of a really sweet life for myself and my two siblings. I have a sister and a little brother. And, um, you know, we grew up in, an, in a really close family and large family. My dad was the youngest of 14, my mom the second to youngest of nine. And so it was about family all the way through. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that's really important to address is that culturally, our culture is really strong. Our faith, our traditions, our religion is really part of what we're brought up with, what part of what I was brought up with. And I think the message that I want to share with people is if you are unsure of something right now, or if you're pondering something and you're hearing this message, my gift to you is to say yes. I'm encouraging you to say yes to whatever you're pondering. Thank you so much, Audrey. I love that you brought your grandmothers into the room with us, not only because this is Women's History Month, but because I love that we can bring these ancestors and the wisdom of the ancestors into the room with us when we're, when we're having these conversations. And I have a, a little phrase that you have in one of your bios that during high school, you became a parenting teen and that propelled your trajectory to living an inspired life. And I absolutely love how you framed that important part of your life. Um, so I'd love to talk with you a little bit about um, anything you feel comfortable sharing about that journey, that part of your journey, um, and that goes right along with your message of being inspired and it's okay to do things differently. So anything you'd love, you'd like to share with us, please. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I was what I used to say for a long time, I was an awful teenager. <laughs> I was, I was that kid that snuck out of the windows and, you know, did all the things. Um, I ended up getting pregnant from my boyfriend at the time. And it was more about putting one foot in front of the other. And I made the decision that I wanted to have this child. I had family that supported me regardless of what decision I would have made with that. And I just said that it was my responsibility to move forward in this way and have this child and everything that came along with that. And I had no idea what that meant. And so what I did learn really quickly is that I was not going to stay with the father because his dreams and desires were very different than mine. And 
I didn't have a clear trajectory as to what those dreams were. I just knew I wanted more. I wanted something different. And so at, you know, 16 years old, I had a little, a little guy and we were still with my parents, but it showed me that I have skills and I had the ability to learn and I had the resiliency to move forward. And I really developed kind of a bad attitude is what my dad would tell me of not caring what other people think of just being like, you know, a little bit, just really getting the mindset of I'm going to prove you wrong. And if you remember the movie, Dirty Dancing, don't put baby in the corner, kind of that movie and that labeling, I really grew to resent. And I think that was part of my motivation to say, I'm going to show you what I can do. And I moved over to the vocational technical programs at Santa Fe High School. I met an amazing teacher who just believed in me and in my skills. And she helped me to get into a work study program. And in my senior year, I started working for the state of New Mexico, um, actually child support enforcement division. And um, interestingly enough, as we talk about how small this world is and a big part of what I believe in is saying yes to opportunities because you don't know where the next opportunity is going to come in or what door might lead to another path. I worked with our Congressman Ben Ray Lujan um, at Child Support Enforcement for a few years, and we're still friends to this day, like genuine friends. And if anyone would have told me that you know, I would know our state con or national congressman personally. I would have been like, you're crazy, you know, but also it comes as part of this thing about not owning the label of being a teen parent and not, you know, all these different aspects of that. So, so where this comes full circle for me is about five years ago, I met a person who has a program working with parenting teens here in Santa Fe called the Mother Tongue Project. And this person came into my world from three different avenues and totally different people, different ways. And I said, okay, I need to stop fighting this. I am meant to know you, Lauren, and tell me what you do. I don't know. And so she was looking for mentors for current parenting teens. And to be quite honest, for the last 20 years plus, I had just been raising my family, uh, building my career, having a relationship. I was married, divorced, single, then got remarried. And I hadn't thought about the fact that I was a young parent. I was just doing my thing. And when I met Lauren, she lent a book to me called you look too young to be a mom. And it was just, it cracked me wide open because I had really put it in the back of my mind that that was one of my stepping stones. I had long had the opinion that we could only be present in the present moment. And that's what we deal with. And so again, 
family, kids in school, job, relationships, buying a house, buying a car, all these things. Um, so working with Lauren, I went back to remembering what it was like back then. And um, interestingly enough, we started this program where we, we are hosting, we started a program where we're hosting current parenting teens and teaching life skills, financing, budget stuff. And I shared a story about how I remembered going to the grocery store with $100. I had a $100 bill and I had to buy groceries for five of us for a week. And I'm going through the aisles and I'm counting down. Okay, this is $3.99. This is $2.99. This is $5.99. Okay, I only have $87. And I'm going and going. And as I go to check out, I'm like, oh, I forgot tax. And then so I have a little pile of things that I'm like, okay, if I don't have enough, I don't get these five things. But if I can put one of these things back, it's going to be this one first and then this thing first. But if not, we're not getting these things. And so I shared this story that uh, during those times, I wanted a life where I did not have to worry about the money I had to go buy groceries, that I could get whatever I wanted. And I'm there right now. I go to the store. I'll even say I shop at like bougie expensive stores and I don't even pay attention to how much it is because I'm just able to get what I want. And the reason I share that is because back then, when my boys were little boys who are now in their late 20s, I was saying, I don't want this anymore. I want this. And now I have it. And when I shared this story at this workshop just about two weeks ago, I found out later that one of the girls who was translating through another person that was there said to her, with tears in her eyes, I want to be like that. Because in the moment, she is counting down her $100 bill as she's buying groceries for her family. And when I say about the person I want to be is somebody that can inspire another person without even knowing it, it's that kind of example. So thank you so yeah. much for sharing that, Audrey, and, and part of that journey. And um, I just, I love the reframe um, about being a young parent because there's just so much stereotype, negative stereotype around uh, being a young parent. And, um, and also just coming to full circle with the work you're doing now with Momentum Santa Fe and, um, and your coaching work that you're doing. So, just appreciate all that you're sharing. Let's talk a little bit now about Momentum Santa Fe and um, some of the history of it, but certainly the mission and um, the connection with Momentum Santa Fe and you, Momentum Santa Fe, managing the Better Together program. Okay. So when I was working at the state tourism department, we had an amazing leader who brought in a coach to work with our leadership team. I did not have any experience working with a coach. And I quickly said, 
whatever you're doing, I want to do that. I want to learn more. And so I started working with her more and learning about coaching, which is different than therapy. It's not trying to unpack the whys. It's different than mentoring, which is like leading by an example. Coaching is really asking powerful questions to help the person find their wisdom and their insight, things that we already know deep down. And that really resonated with me. So I went through a year-long program. I became a certified coach with the International Coaches Federation. And at this point, I knew I was going to be leaving state government because of the change of administration and all that. So I wanted to start a company really to help people get unstuck. And that was where, like, what does that mean? You know, I'm thinking of a big truck stuck in the mud and wanting to go and spinning. And it was about finding momentum and propulsion and trajectory to move forward. And also coming from an outsider's perspective, because sometimes when you're in the thick of it, you can't see it. And so that's where the name came from. And really the idea behind it was, um, to help people, yeah, just see things differently, move forward, really feed their desires in whatever that looks like. For nearly 30 years of my state government experience, I managed grant money, grant programs. Um, I wrote the grant applications that people applied for the money, so not grant writing, but the administration of it. And we refined those processes a lot and really worked with people who are the boots on the ground doing the work. And I had the opportunity to work with people from around our whole entire state in different, so many different capacities. It was, I really feel fortunate that I had that experience and I knew other people throughout our country who did that in their local communities also. So I learned a lot from a lot of people and I retired in, I retired on Halloween, October 31st, 2018. And on November 1st, the very next day, I launched my company officially. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. I was thinking about doing a program called Adulting 101, which helps kids to be able to make a cheap meal for their friends and clean their house easy and balance their checkbook, all the things that they don't teach them in school. And I have that still, but also professional development work and different things. Um, But what came to me was a good friend from Sandoval County reached out and said, we need help with the census and getting people to respond to the census. And I thought, I know how to do that. I know how to motivate people to do stuff. So I worked with Sandoval County, then I worked with Rio Arriba County for a little bit, and then the pandemic was in full swing, and a good friend of mine is the current cabinet secretary of the tourism department, and she said, I I don't know where this is going to lead or what is all going on at this point, but we're forming a team and we need to do some marketing and community engagement. Do you want to be part of this? And so that's how I came into the world of the Department of Health. I did not have any experience in public health. My experience is in community organization, right, in motivating people. And I thought it was just a 
amazing opportunity to truly help save lives. And we created the registration tool for the vaccination and all of the commercials that you saw for COVID from the Department of Health. I was part of that whole team. I still am. But in the conversations that were happening, there was a lot of talk about a lot of federal money coming into the state, not just New Mexico, but all across the country. There was a lot of money being thrown out there. And there was some talk about, you know, where, where's that money going? What are people doing with it? And I started asking, do you have a grant program? Are you getting money to groups who are working with the people? And I was super surprised that they did not have a grant program at all. And so I talked with the leadership at the time and I said, I think we can make a difference by getting money out to groups who are already connected, who are already trusted in their communities. And they asked me to put together a proposal to say like, what are you, what are you talking about? What does this look like? And I submitted it and they approved it and we got funding to um, put out a, a call for applicants um, throughout New Mexico for people who are already engaged and established with um, organizations statewide or the organization did not have to be statewide, but we wanted somebody in each region or area of the state. And so once again, I came into contact with people just like yourself, Roberta and Generation Justice, with so many people doing such great work. And I think one of the questions that we said was, what would you do to impact your community in as we're in this pandemic? Like, how do you feel you can make a difference? Can we get you the money to help make that happen? And it was just that, like really understanding that I am not the expert. I don't know the communities that the organizations are working with but they know their people and, and that matters, you know, that really, really matters. And so that's how I came into the realm of public health and vaccine equity. And really it's, I feel I'm a conduit to try to support the work that people are doing and expand the impact because literally people were and still are dying every single day from this, disease and it's just so important it's so important and I, I think I also want to mention that while I often hear about our state being low on the on the good list and high on the bad list all these things growing up here I didn't really identify with being poor or from a poor state I think it went more to the fact that we just had to be more resourceful with what we did have. And I think that resourcefulness is where I felt an opportunity to step up and say, I can make a difference with this funding that we're getting with the skills I have. Let's bring people together because we're better together. That's where the name came from, the Jack Johnson song is actually my ringtone on my phone. And it's been that way for years. And it's just really 
amazing and beautiful how it has all come together. And I believe it's part of this initial thing that I put out there years and years ago saying, I want to help people. And I didn't know, did I want to be a doctor? Did I want to be a veterinarian? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do all these things that people put on you? All I said was, I know I want to help people. And right now, this is a way that I feel I can help people with the skills that I have. And I'm, I'm learning more skills every day. And I just feel like I have a lot to give to people. And I believe that there are a lot of people that still want to learn and are looking to be inspired and needing affirmations. And I just, I just feel really grateful to be in a place that I could impact people. Thank you, Audrey, for that. Um, in, I think inspiring history of how Momentum Santa Fe stepped through you, stepped up in that moment of seeing a need of having of having like a critical analysis, like oh, there's this money coming in. How is it getting to? the people and how is it getting to grassroots groups who are working at that grassroots level as well as other levels um, to really maximize the resource. And I do think that that is for those of us that are native New Mexican and, you know, come from working class or come from, you know, um, histories of families that have had to work for everything. Um, part of a it's cellular in us that we've got to be resourceful with everything. There isn't, you know, can't be wasteful um, with any resources coming in and that you took that step um, to ask, but also to offer. These are the skills that you've learned in, in your 30-year career of working in state government to bring it to the table and say, I can help organize this. Um, and for our listeners and in transparency, Generation Justice is um, a contractor with Better Together. We um, have been working to get out vaccine equity messages and really the crux of our work is training young people about the importance of health equity as well as understanding um, how disinformation um, keeps us unhealthy basically. So just wanting to make sure that we're mentioning that this evening too. And that's how we come together um, and wanting to share more information about this statewide effort. So Audrey, tell us a little bit about the Better Together cohort and um, some of the various services that are happening across the state. And as broad or as, as specific as you would like. Great. So if you visit the webpage, which is bettertogethernm.com, you will see that there are essentially three different kind of buckets. And the main focus 
initially was to create a place that all of this COVID information that we were getting could be indigestible nuggets. So we created a resource center and essentially they're just categorized in these three other buckets. And there's just simple links in really simple terminology to try to get people the services and the resources that they were looking for. And a lot of those things still exist. Uh, rental assistance, funeral assistance. There's a lot of these programs that are still in place right now. Um, they may be ending here soon, but they're in place right now. So there's a resource center for that. Um, the other bucket is the grant program information. So when we do open the application process again, you'll find the application there. And the last bucket is the coalition. So these are the members who currently have received grant money from us. And there are, I believe there's 10, um, and we're looking at the Boys and Girls Club of New Mexico, Chain Breaker Group, which um, works on primarily on um, housing situations in the Santa Fe area. There is the Comadre Comadre group out of UNM with Dr. Saavedra and really um, doing some amazing work. The Empowerment Congress is in Southern New Mexico, really reaching remote rural areas of our state. Um, and of course, Generation Justice and all the great work you're doing. Um, also, the Black Leadership Council is doing amazing work in the Black community and has created an amazing hub for resources for that entire community statewide. And um, they're an amazing, powerful force. The Partnership for Community Action is also really active and um, also in Southern New Mexico. And Quay County Health Council um, out near Tucumcari is um, just such a bright light. They have, you know, I think they have a different set of challenges that I often forget about being from Santa Fe and having a lot of resources near us. You forget that New Mexico is so vast and People have to drive hours to get care and resources, and Quay County is working really hard to engage their community with accurate vaccine information, but even with vaccine itself and testing and all of the things. So they are a really amazing group that we've been working with. And then um, we have one other group that is in the process of coming on board. And so they're on the fringe, but the last group that is part of our coalition is the Somos Unidos Foundation, which is part of the New Mexico United Soccer Club. And their position is so unique because they have um, a strong connection with so many different people throughout New Mexico and that sense of pride. And for me personally, it really resonates with the project that we brought forward with tourism, which was the New Mexico True brand. I was part of that team and 
the emphasis behind it is that we are one New Mexico, that we are stronger together. And that's a lot of what this whole program is about, is that it is us coming together to speak with one voice is what's going to allow us to be heard stronger to the people that want to hear the message. And the pandemic really brought to light so many things that a lot of people within this cohort are addressing and they can, they've done it for years. And I feel grateful that the funding through the better together program has helped to support their efforts and advance them. And also we're looking at how can we put projects in place today that are going to impact the future of the populations that they serve. Because while the money isn't going to go on forever, I think we are making a big difference in infrastructure and impact with so many of these groups. It's just amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you for um, mentioning the various groups and um, Yes, it's 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 quite an effort. Um, it's quite an amazing effort to be in the room with the entire coalition and the various approaches to addressing vaccine equity, which is really health equity, which is you know definitely uh, public health. And um, I think it's Im important that in light of the divisions in this country right now and light of the tremendous trauma that COVID deaths and COVID illness has brought to us, that there is a way of coming together, even from differing perspectives or different approaches, but it's that bringing together that um, also allows a sense of healing in this moment and a sense of hope and inspiration. And so, um, you know, we still take that perspective that we are still very much in a global um, deadly and disabling pandemic. We know that we don't have all of the answers yet. We know that there's a move, you know, to move beyond where we were in 2020 and 2021, and that is right, probably, and healthy, but we know that it's still in play, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, people are still dying, and if we can work together to at least um, lower those death rates and illness rates um, as scientists continue to try to figure out the things that are still not answered about this particular virus. Um, I think it's really such an important piece of work that we're doing. And, and again, kudos to you for having the vision and the foresight and the ability to take that step inward uh, to the Department of Health and say, I can help move this forward in this way. And that you also, this wasn't distributed to only the larger groups. There's a balance between really large entities and then very small entities. 
um, to pull everyone together. So again, thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, what I would say a goal was, was to try to reach populations geographically, psychographically, demographically, just to try to get engaged with people already doing the work and oftentimes people that were really tired that had been going for a solid year, year and a half serving their communities with whatever resources they could, they had. But we had an opportunity to come in and say, can we help you give you some respite even by hiring more staff or expanding your resources? So it's been amazing. And the work that's been done has been so fantastic. Podcasts have been created, resource portals, um, vaccine clinics, partnerships, videos. There's been so, so many things that have been inspired by this. And I just feel really fortunate to to be able to to serve this way to serve my community Audrey I'd like to ask you how has your work personally been impacted by influenced or impacted by COVID-19 my work has been impacted by COVID by expanding my scope I think oftentimes we live in our own little bubble and it, and I think I am in a privileged place that I don't recognize a lot of the struggles that other people were going through or are going through. And so I have had the opportunity to learn from a lot of the members who are in the coalition now and even just many, many people within state government who are doing good work and they're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they care. And meeting so many people, even in healthcare, who truly were putting their lives at risk by working in <clears throat> hospitals and things like that in the very beginning because they knew that they could help. And I think if anything, what, and I want to say what I have learned is that people are good. There are definitely more good people in the world than not. And I believe we're more alike than we are different. And that has really led me to exploring more of what I want to do as Momentum Santa Fe continues to move forward, which is sharing this ability to connect with this love that we share, this love for humanity, this love for our neighborhood, this love for ourselves, And I live on a small street with eight houses and we barely saw each other in passing. But for one solid year, we went outside at seven o'clock and banged pans together and we got to know each other. And I made bread for my neighbors and people brought us chocolate and we were doing this thing. We created this connection, this community out of a simple act. And so 
I think that the pandemic has really helped renew my sense of humanity and trust in people in this world that even though there's such a political divide and if you're listening to mass media, there's so many things that are polarizing. There's a huge human element and we all still care and we all want to get through this. You know, clearly we want to survive and I would venture to guess that every single one of us, everyone listening to this message right now has been impacted by COVID either by the loss of a loved one or severe illness or all the things, jobs, housing, food, all of it. We all have been through this together. And there is a way to acknowledge that, even though it was scary, and it's still scary. But I wanted to share a little bit that hitting on something that you mentioned a minute ago, which was that we're still in this pandemic. And early on, in the first, within the first year, whenever they were asking everyone to stay home and all this stuff was just shut down, the message that I heard over and over from members of the Department of Health and even physicians were, give us a minute, like we can pull together, we can create medications, we can create the vaccine, all this stuff. We just need to stop the spread a little bit by staying home, like let's just hit pause. And I think the reality that we together have gone through this phase that we witnessed global corporations coming together to create solutions and, and we did it, we saved lives. I mean, I know the number is gigantic of the number of lives that we lost, but the number that could have been lost is so much greater. And even still, I'm not sure what our number is today, but I know like in December, we were still having about 400 deaths per day from COVID. That's still 400 families every single day being impacted. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. That is so, so much. And so I hope that from this, as we continue to move away from like the sense of urgency and immediate danger because now we have some tools and treatments and things as it's all going to continue to progress so we don't forget that we don't just go back to life as normal or what it was before because we're not the same because we've been changed and that change is a collective change to everyone who's on this planet. Thank you for that, Audrey. I think true to your nature, holding up the the glass half full and seeing the the bright side of the experience the, that we've shared together and, and um, just really appreciate that perspective that um, we all know that there would have been more deaths had there not been all of the things put in place that were put in place when they were and um that you know there's kind of like the pandemic pre-vaccine 
pandemic post vaccine. And even though that's still evolving and will have to continue to evolve as the virus continues to evolve, but we're, you know, it's that we are in also an evolution of what is happening. And I love that you focus in on all of the positive and good connections that were happening in your neighborhood, um, as well as that being a reflection of people coming together um, in government and in corporations to say, we need to pull together and do the best that we can together. So um, thank you for that. And thank you again for your leadership through Momentum for the Better Together program. Um, I'd like to just ask you if there's anything else you wanna share about Better Together, um, places where our listening audience can learn more about uh, the Better Together program, where our audience can maybe continue to get the information um, around the numbers or cases or how we're improving um, in this process, anything like that that you want to add? Sure thing. Um, the Better Together program can be found at bettertogethernm.com. And the resource page has these initial buckets that we spoke about, about marketing, um, resources locally, and then studies and things that have been conducted. So initially there was a lot, right? There's a lot of activity and there's still things that are continuing to come out. So as you go through it, you'll see some kind of archived pieces, but the most current stuff is still on the top. It is not a gigantic list. And that's very deliberate because we want to put up, put up what is relevant. Um, and so that's the, the page to go to is the resource page. The other place that I would direct people to is that coalition page that has links to each member of the coalition because you can learn about their outreach efforts. Again, podcasts, community events, different things that are going on. And the grant program itself at this point is not open for um, the application cycle, but it may open here soon. Uh, we're evaluating our program and seeing what our next steps are. So Better Together NM is the place to visit. Uh, for Momentum Santa Fe, you can find me at MomentumSantaFe.com. And there's some case studies of some work that I've done from the New Mexico True Brand, from the census, from the Trusted Voices campaign that we did early on in the pandemic. Um, I recently worked on a program called Advancing New Mexico, which was to highlight the work that state agencies have done and continue to do for the past 10 years or longer. And um, at the bottom of that webpage, there's an opportunity to kind of learn a little bit more about me and a creative space that I'm entering into. It's called A Deeper Dive, and so I have been exploring some creative writing, and um, if you want to learn more, you can visit that, 
And uh, the last thing they do want to mention is I am in the process of putting together an offering called the love of your life.org. And the idea is that we have to love ourselves before we can love anyone else. And who has been the constant in your life? It's you. And so love of your life loosely translates to loyal, L-O-Y-L. So you could either go to loveofyourlife.org or the loyal one, number one, L-O-Y-L one.com and learn a little bit about just tips and tricks and ways that you could find inspiration every single day all on your own. And we're creating a community there. I'm still working on the nuts and bolts. We're looking to, to launch it a little bit more, but it's this whole idea. If we circle back to me becoming a teen parent or even further back to the days when I was a young girl and my sister and I were laying on my dad's truck in the front yard, looking up at the sky, noticing the stars and saying, wow, there is so much out there. And somehow I feel like I'm part of that. Mm -hmm. It's part of that. It is that we are on this planet, in this world, in this point in time for a reason, and we are all connected. And this project called The Loyal One or The Love of Your Life is intended to help people connect back to that, to think back to their little self, to little Roberta, you know, to think back to what you wanted as a child and those times that brought you joy. And we can find those now. And it can help us move through our world. And it's free and it's accessible anytime, day or night. And I feel that this is the next step in my trajectory in giving back to people. I have no idea what it's going to turn into. Might just end up being a web page, it could be something bigger. But all I hope is that somebody's inspired and is connected and it helps them somewhere in their life and that I was a part of that even if I never know it. Hmm. Audrey Herrera Castillo, I just want to thank you so very much for this time, for this conversation. Um, I feel like we came full circle right now where you started this conversation, bringing in your grandmothers. Um, I, through your bio that you shared with me, um, mentioned the fact that you are a grandmother. And I know how very precious your granddaughter is to you and that you uh, spend a tremendous amount of time and focus on her development. And um, talking about your work and your trajectory as a young woman, how, you know, 
it, it was implied that you got mentored in, in state government and you got nurtured in state government from a teenage mom to go all the way to becoming the deputy director of an entire department and a big department. Um, many years of state government, any of us who've been around a minute know that that's not always just a smooth journey. Um, and then starting your own business and through this business, then launching this effort called Better Together, but really um, now ending on this note of loving yourself and uh, exploring that, I have no doubt that a year from now, if we were to sit down and have another conversation like this, that there would be something else that has been birthed through your just your belief in doing the right thing and holding light for New Mexicans. And so that's what I wanna just like hold up for our community is um, you are somebody certainly very, very special, Audrey. And you're also so representative of New Mexicans who love New Mexico, who sacrifice and give of their lives every day so that New Mexico is the best that it can be. And I wanna thank you again for this time. Well, thank you for the opportunity and I appreciate it so much and I look forward to any feedback that you get. And also I look forward to talking with you in a year and seeing where we're at. I think it's gonna be amazing. Don't know what it's gonna look like at all, but um, you know, we're gonna continue to dream and continue to visualize and manifest and say, I want that because it is okay to want more and it's okay to do things differently. And I appreciate you so much and I appreciate this opportunity. So thank you so much. Thank you. For Generation Justice, this is Roberta Rael. And it's again been a pleasure to be with you this evening. Thank you, Aji. Your story is very powerful and inspires young mothers and parents to try and achieve their goals, regardless of their situation. Audrey, thank you for telling us more about you and your work. Hearing such a raw, moving story about your strength and resilience has been incredibly inspirational. Our next song was chosen by our guest, Audrey Herrera. Here is Better Together by Jack Johnson. Yes, all was better when we're together. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of community action. We'd like to thank our guest, Audrey Herrera, for sharing about her important work in our community and for educating us about the importance of vaccine equity and vaccinations. Tonight's hour video was produced by Roberta Rael and Barbara Ramirez, with production assistance from Sunandita Santano and Madumita Santano. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts. We're also active on social media. 
Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and follow our playlists on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Guadalma Health Foundation, the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau through the Better Together Program, and Office of School and Adolescent Health. As well as the City of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D., I'm Emilio Bovale. And I'm Ariana Cordova. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay 